0: Most of us like me, you know, average, probably three star had to go to a prep school to get, you know, offers, get, you know, notoriety. You, <laughs> you end up grinding and becoming the Gatorade player of the year. It's actually <laughs> funny in your story, as I'm digging into it before this, I'm like just thinking of, okay, he was the Gatorade player of the year in Ohio at that probably Similar stage, I played a team Ohio All Red that kicked our ass. Like it's not just regular. It had like Mark Loving and different players, the Jordan Farmer, I don't know if, if Tevin Farmer, whatever his name is, they yep. killed us, bro. And it's like them boys from Ohio and all they all red, they they coming tough. Like that's a different brand of basketball. Like for me, I was just trying to become something. Like I wasn't even at that level to hear that somebody across the way in Ohio was the Gatorade player of the year in that. I'm like, okay, that's 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 different. But kind of this is a different question. Mm -hmm. This is a weird and different question that I have for that. Being the Gatorade player of the year, what's the cost of that? And I'm not talking about, you know, sacrifice, grind, all that. Yes, we all know that. But what's the cost in that? Because I think as I'm thinking about it now, it's like, you know, as kids, as youth athletes, you get touted to be this and you win the accolades. And then later in life, As if you're not hitting those marks, it's tough. And for me, it's like I praise if I'm if I'm thinking of a kid, if I have a kid, it's like praise the effort, not the achievement. Obviously, you want to strive for the achievement, but the effort, like what will you know what it takes to get to the achievement? Kind of if any of that and, you know, outside voices, that type of stuff. What is your relationship with the, the outside part of it, of getting that award? What came with that?
1: Yeah, bro, you know, I think, I think the grind and all of that stuff is, it's, uh, mandatory and that, that's kind of self-explanatory when it comes to success. I think what, what a lot of people don't understand is, well, one, my circle was very small and very, um, passionate. When it came to, I, I credit majority of my success Outside of, you know, to, to God, but to, to my family and to my circle, they didn't let anything or anyone come between me and the goals that I had or the effort that I put into it. And when I say that, I mean, I had a girlfriend in high school and I rarely saw her because of AU tournaments and because of what I was trying to achieve. Now, it, it made it a little bit more urgent for me because I remember my mom had a conversation with me. She told me, "Uh, she really sat me down, bro. And she was like, hey, we don't have enough money to send you to college. So either you go on an academic scholarship. And at the time, my grades were terrible. So that wasn't looking promising. And they was like, or athletic scholarship. And I was like, okay, that's the best choice I have. So Mm. when it came to, bro, you don't understand, man. I broke my leg in high school. Overcoming that, overcoming that mental battle was draining. I had bad grades. Uh, I wasn't popular in high school. There were so many roadblocks that the only thing that Really helped me overcome was the consistency that I built through, through not only my own strength, but my older brother keeping me in line, making sure that I wasn't falling. My mom being there every way, every step of the way. It was, it was my circle empowering me to keep me consistent. And it took me to getting my, I remember I got my first scholarship, bro. I got it to, it was to William and Mary University. And I, want, I told my mom I wanted to go to Tennessee. That was my dream school. When I got that first offer from William & Mary, bro, my mom was like, oh, well, Jordan, it's not Tennessee. And I was like, mama, she was like, it's William and & Mary. And I told her, I said, ma, I don't care if it was Ben & Jerry. It's a college that offered me a scholarship <laughs> and I can go to school. That, that's really what it was, bro. Like it, it was It was more so just my circle and being able to stay consistent in in my mental approach every day.
0: But how did you go from I mean obviously you said a lot there and that's crazy to hear you know, the obstacles that you faced at an early age and to strive and to become all that you are now or an, and even all that you became with being the Gatorade Player of the Year. I'm thinking in that, it's like, again, you grew up fast and you're going to, okay, I want to go to Tennessee. Then I get an offer from William and Mary. And your mom probably like thinking in her head, I know I'm going to show this to my baby. It's like, it's not Tennessee. But you like, ma, it's a college. Like we own. How did you... Flip that script, though. Like, how did you become and see and see kind of your life and where you're headed from that perspective? You know, you still wanted to be a kid and now you're grinding towards a goal. Like, how was it able to kind of, you know, materialize into, OK, I have to have this mindset to push me forward?
1: It it was more so on. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Um, My brother. Truthfully, bro, my brother's a guy saying, "Man, like he, there was times where I'm like, hey, you know, what? I'm not going to work out," and he was like, "Yeah, you are. We have to stay consistent. Consistency is is everything." And I think what truly propelled me to keep that mindset was the results. At a, at a young age, I knew that results would come, so like I, I didn't want to. I didn't expect them to come tomorrow. How though? Because
0: at an age as a kid, it's hard to believe in things that you can't see. Obviously with your faith base, your family, you can push forward to that. But for you, and even just thinking of it, that's a lot of pressure. I I heard that you, you call yourself Batman. Like you like (laughs) to say it a day, put everybody on your back. How does a kid do that? Yes, you became all these things, but how do you deal with that pressure?
1: It, It more so was in my life. I had so many obstacles that I overcame. Like I had bad days. I had bad months. And then they turned into good months. And that was that was the story of my life. So it's like even even to this day, I still live that way. It's like, hey, I can have a bad month. And I know things will turn out. The, the way I or at least I hope they turn out the way I want to. I've always been a person of of faith, but I think that's really what it was. I mean, at a young age when I would go and play, there was a teacher that I would play in one on one as a kid on the playground. I couldn't beat him the first two months I played on. But then eventually I started beating them. like just staying consistent, like that was the, the pattern in my life. I told you I, I noticed patterns early. So I was like, hey. The more and longer I do something, the better I get at it, the better my chances are. Like, I'm not looking to to win this one game. I'm not looking to win the next two. I'm looking to win all of them by the end. And that was the the mindset that kind of kept me going. Once I got William & Mary, I didn't fall in love with scholarships. I fell in love with, well, hey. If I'm this good right now and I got William and Mary, just imagine once I get that good, what I'll get. And then I just kept pushing on. Yeah, I just kept pushing to get better.
0: So fire, bro. So (laughs) fire to have that growth mindset as a as an early age. It's like the small wins. If anybody's listening and they know, okay, I want to do this. But I I don't see how I can get the results. It's like the daily things that you do each and every single day that, you know, win this day, win this moment that leads up to be a come of Gatorade player of the year. Go on to the colleges and, and become this pro. I think that's fire. I do. Want to kind of fast forward and move on to, you know, your college days. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny. The player of the year goes on to Ohio State for two years. And in those two years, Sweet 16 and then the final four. And just saying that statement, people often read the headlines, but never know the true backstory. And I know the true backstory isn't always glamorous and what it looks like and what I just said. Mm-hmm. So if I'm asking you, Jordan, what's the backstory there?
1: Um, the backstory of I made a decision at a young age. Uh, a calculated decision. that just turned out to not be the best one for me. I went to the school. My friends were there. If you're from Ohio, Ohio State is it. I mean, look look at Bron. You know, got Bronny thinking about Ohio State. If you're from Ohio, Ohio State is it. And that was I had the offer, I had the the support, so I went. And you know, if we if we we gonna keep it real, I went there, and the coach that recruited me there when I got there, he left. So now the person who's kind of backing me, I don't got that backing anymore. So my first year still, still playing good in practice, doing everything in practice or whatever. The next year, another assistant took me on that summer. Then he left. So now it's been two years. Both of the assistants that took me on are no longer there. And now I'm kind of fending for myself out here. I'm performing in practice. I'm doing everything, doing everything right. It's just, I don't have the, the support and the proper people to fight for me. And mm. you know, it's, it's crazy, bro. Like I just, I gave him my all. I would kill in practice and I, and you can ask anybody for, that's a, that's a true statement. Anybody who was there, I was killing every day in practice. I I wanted to make sure that if I wasn't gonna play, y'all was gonna feel me every day though. Like y'all was gonna see this. Like I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna you know try to bring the team but down. What does that feel like? What does that feel
0: like, bro? Because if I'm you, I'm the Gatorade Player of the Year in this damn state. Mm-hmm. I go to Ohio State, the Ohio State. I probably have noise from everyone's saying, okay, this is him. He's about to add and be a super addition to this team. Mm-hmm. The noise from family, the noise from friends, the noise from the pundits nationally, like, okay, they're on. And you know, like, okay, it's not because I'm not good enough to play at this level. I'm killing. Yeah. What did that feel like being you? Because if it was me, I'm like, somebody got
1: something against me. Like, bro, it would go <laughs> a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, it was, I ain't going to lie, man. It was depressing. It was depressing, man. I spent a lot of time alone. Um, at the library, there was a, uh, if you go to, uh, on the campus, if you go to the library, you go to the top floor, there's rocking chairs that, uh, face, that, that kind of overlook the city, overlook the highway and everything. I spent a lot of time up there by myself, bro, contemplating, uh, life, contemplating if I wanted to still play basketball. I contemplated my skills. Like that that Ohio Gatorade player, I ain't think I was him. Like I couldn't be him. Look at what I'm going through. That that player wouldn't be going through this. And it was it was the the fighter in me after my first year. So many people were like yo, you should have left after that first year. And I'm like nah, because I I ain't no quitter. Like I would have felt like they won if I would have just gave up after that first year. So I, I stayed. I was like, you know, I'm going to stay. I'm going to fight. I'm going to, I'm going to show them. And after a second year, I remember s- sitting there talking to my coaches like, yo, like, what's up, man? Like, am I doing something wrong? And it was kind of, I was, I was getting to run around a bit, but ultimately at the end, when I decided to leave and I could tell there really wasn't any, uh, pushback when I decided to transfer, bro, I'm not gonna lie, I sat in my car for about an hour thinking about what I should do. I'm like, I can go in here and request these transfer papers and do this stuff. Nah, man, it's Ohio State though, bro. Like I'm t- talking to myself in the car. Hey man, just stay, just stay one more year, man. You next year is it. Next year is it. And I remember uh a Rick Ross song came on and it was just, it was the motivation I need to be like, you know what? This ain't it. It was, it was a big, I'm a big music fan, big music fan. I think music really speaks to my soul. That song came on at the right moment. I was like, you know what? This ain't it. <laughs> it came on at the right moment, bro. I was like this ain't it. I'm going to go in there and request those papers. And when I did, it was kind of like, okay, cool. Like, see you later. And I was like, all right, I'm making the right choice. I'm making the right choice.
0: Making the right choice. I mean, I think it's fire that God can use anything to get your attention, to shift your perspective. He'll use that Rick Ross, huh? <laughs> when you heard that, huh? You had to get in there and say, uh-uh, I, I'm done with this. I'm out of here. Like, I, I think that, no, nah, that is fire, oh, bro. Like when you're in that library on the rocking chair, you're contemplating, you're thinking, and then you're like, okay, I have the fighter in me to do greater, to do more. Did it? Happen to be so that, okay, you're in this depressive state, you're thinking one way. Kind of how did you get out of that, like practical steps? Because I think a lot of people listening to your story and even me watching over your story, I'm like, bro, what you've able to accomplish and what you've done, like who you are. Like this man is a machine, (laughs) a man on the mission. How can I exemplify even a little bit of his story? I wouldn't know there's a chink in the armor. Mm -hmm. But in those real times, the chink in, in your armor, if you will, like that depressive state, knowing who you are and what you have inside of you and you can't control any of your circumstances kind of practically at Ohio state, how did you work through that? Or another two-part question, was it leaving that got you out of
1: that? Um, it was, it was the truthfully it was the leaving part, bro. Because while I was there, um, um, it sucks, I mean, and you and you notice know bro, when you're playing a team sport and you're the only one who's not getting treated right or or you're just maybe not the only one, but it's like when your teammates and people see you doing work and you' not getting rewarded and they are, it's like yo, four guys that I play a u with was playing, two of them started. And they were from Ohio and it's like, yo, I was the Gatorade player of the year and I'm the only one that's not getting any love. And the craziest part was two of them, uh, we, they was my roommates. So we lived together. So after games, after games, when they just play, we're on TV playing Duke or playing whoever and the game's over and we all go to the house they sitting there talking about their minutes and what they did and highlights and all this stuff. And I can't talk. I, I ain't play.
0: What did that feel like though? It felt because it was lonely. If I were me, To be honest, I'd be resentful.
1: I'd be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you get lonely. You get, uh, I, I spent a lot of time outside of the house. Like you said, the resentment comes into play. I feel like, I felt like my teammates, uh, I was like, man, like, or not that I felt like I wish they would have fought for me more at the time, because I'm like, yo, like y'all got some power, like say something to him. Like, and I think that ultimately. I realized that. I kind of got away from that with them, because I'm like this, this has nothing to do with y'all. I was I was that goes back to me at a young age, being able to realize scenarios like I'm like, y'all y'all ain't controlling my minutes. Like I have to be, I have to have a problem with the people who are actually doing something to me, and yeah. and as I continue to just go through it, I'm like, you know what, I gotta go, like, cause I I can't overtake the coaching staff. They not leaving. It's like so I gotta leave, and that's when you know,
0: you know, it's funny, it's funny that you say that because right now in the G, I'm dealing with that right now with some teammates of mine. It's like, we just talked about a specific player on our team where it's like, he comes out of the game and he doesn't shake no hands. And we like, it's not us. Like, we <laughs> didn't do nothing to you. Like, yeah. like, he doesn't get the minutes that he wants. And it's just like, it's hard to kind of break out of that if you're a player that, you know, you deserve to be playing, your talent says to play, but it's like, they're not giving you what you kind of deserve and everything that you put in work. It's hard to see anybody else as not a part of them. Yeah, so it kind of keeps you in a shell of your Feeling lonely, depressed yep. because it's like forget them and forget yeah, them. I don't yep. care. Y'all cheering. I don't. I don't have the same experience as you. Yeah. <laughs> we go to the final four. We're doing all this thing. I I don't feel like it for myself. Yep, and, but and, I do think it's
1: and bro. And people don't understand too. Before that final four run, like people don't understand like how hard I was going in practice. Like I I went so hard in practice because I'm like yo, y'all gonna play some skilled guards. So I want to give y'all an example of what y'all gonna play and I made sure it's like when I when I leave and I knew I was gonna leave but I'm like when I leave here I'm gonna make sure that y'all ain't got nothing negative to say about me and I I did my best to put y'all in the best scenario and because of that it's like I got I can hold on to that like yeah yeah, I went to the final four hey Genix you going off?